Yetta, I'm really, really bored. Perfect. What do you mean perfect? Boredom is a great setup. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. So we're excited to welcome you to another episode of Life's Inside Track. I'm Yetta Decker. And I'm Ken Decker. And we're going to share techniques, thoughts, tips, tools, and tactics that we all need. We all deserve you, I, everyone. So we can turn our house into home, our families thrive, and we live the best life possible. And what we're going to consider in this segment is that playfulness can't happen easily if you're not first bored. (laughs) Like boredom is a setup. Right. A good setup. So boredom is perfect. Now, as a kid, I would have told you that boredom was terrible. Well, how many times did our kids say, I'm bored? And I wish we had known what we knew now. Yeah. Because we would try and find them something to do and fill their space and get them moving and lose their boredom. And yet what we've learned since, and we're going to propose to you, is that boredom means there's room to imagine. Mm. When our mind is crammed or our life is crammed, our business, our everything is crammed, chock full. So there's no margin. Then there's no space to create. Then you just do the same all day in, day out, nothing <laughs> new, nothing wonderful. I think that's why when people draw, they don't draw typically on lined paper. They draw on blank paper. Right, because you want a blank canvas. And Mm -hmm. boredom, it's kind of like your blank canvas. Yeah, so maybe do that as a test. If you've got children, and maybe take away their devices for a while or limit the amount of time they're allowed to spend on a phone or tablet or computer, and then experiment with how long it takes them to be bored and then what they're doing after their boredom subsides because they create something. Are they drawing? Are they calling a friend? Are they um, going out to play? Yeah. Are they going to go kick a ball around? Are they playing on an instrument? Are they creating a song? Are they playing hide and seek? What are they doing You know, are they creating something from scratch that didn't exist before? And I might propose not only your kids, maybe your partner. Ooh, try it with each other. Try it with each other. We have done that. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, give me that. Give me that thing that you're looking at that you're distracted in. Oh, so when we play, we like to do puzzles. So when we're doing a puzzle, Mm -hmm. is that just filling the space to limit our creativity? Sometimes. And sometimes there's also the thought of simple mindless like doing the edge for me is habitual i actually have amazing thoughts when i'm puzzling especially if it's not complicated puzzling and i keep a notebook next to me and so that that's actually a neat thing to think about is when you're in the boredom phase or habitually doing something that doesn't occupy your brain Mm -hmm. very much then have a notepad next to you and a pen better than a device This was a tricky thing for me to learn. It would be soggy. What? 
the my notepad would be soggy because one of the habitual things that I do that doesn't take any mind is in the shower. And when I'm showering, sometimes I get my best thoughts. Right. And so then keep the notepad <laughs> beside your shower and come out and write it down. Okay. Right. Can okay. we do that? Okay. I got you. Okay. Got it. I also get them when I'm in the car. And then I will actually say, hey, Siri, take a note. Ooh, you got a... You've got a, an administrative assistant right there in your car? Uh-huh. And I don't even have to touch them. <laughs> don't have to get Do you have a male it. voice or a female voice on Siri? I prefer the male voice, actually. Oh. Yeah. The Australian male voice is my favorite. <laughs> okay. Now we're getting personal. And certain. And so creating little systems where when you set yourself up to move into boredom, it has been so good for us. <laughs> like even our book. How did we create that? Well, how we create both of our books has been to get out of the norm, to get away from the distractions. Hire, you know, some of our team members take the business over. We typically go to somewhere like a, a resort, an all-inclusive resort or something where we don't have to think about where we're going to eat, what we're going to eat. We don't have to think about anything. Mm-hmm. And we're not the... T- Mm, do we play a little bit of sports or whatever? Sometimes yeah, or we we'll do. go for long walks, but really it's, it's creating the margin, the space, and we'll sit for hours and create and write and type. As a matter of fact, when I got back, I had like tendonitis in my elbows because of the position I was typing. I had my wrists up, which was not a good idea when I was typing thousands of words. Exactly. So how do you empty your mind? How do you, how do you set up your environment? I'm getting personal. Remember you said a minute ago, get personal. Yeah. So now I'm getting personal with you. How do you, not you, Ken Decker, you that we're connecting with, how do you create an environment so you can actually allow for, like I challenge you in, to consider setting up your environment to allow for times of boredom, allow for times in your mind where there's nothing there because that's when the best stuff shows up. Yeah, you look at Google. Google said, hey, let's do 80-20. I'm not sure they're still doing it. But for a while, they were doing 80-20, which meant 80% of the time, an employee had to work on their task list, specifically what the company was giving them. And 20% of the time, they could work on something that they were passionate about, something that was creative. They could just think about what, what... what might serve Google in the future that didn't exist now? And things like Google traffic. Who hasn't used your your Google and then you find out, oh, you see the red lines, it's all blocked up or it's yellow or it says, oh, there's an accident on this street. We're rerouting you to over here. That's Google traffic. That came from somebody's 20% of free thinking time. And so did Gmail. What would we do without Gmail? We use Gmail every day. like. Hundreds of times every day, right? Yeah. And so having those organizational things came out of somebody's boredom, Mm -hmm. lack of activity. And so when we say boredom, it's not just the distraction stuff. It's the busyness. Because a lot of busyness is productive. Not all busyness is productive. But but a lot of the things I do, taking care of clients, booking appointments, scheduling gatherings, like all of the getting ready for things, cleaning up after things, like all those things are important and they're not busy work. They're productive Mm -hmm. work, a lot of it. But can you, can I take time 
and have nothing going on in our minds. Well, I think we've been able to do that because we have. You look, you know, I talk to some people and I say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm moving into the president of the Ottawa Real Estate Board for a volunteer position for the next year. Uh, we have very full uh, businesses. We own the brokerage and we have Decker team, which is helping clients. And then, you know, I say to somebody, oh, we just wrote a book this year, Life X. And they say, well, when did you have time to do that? I go, actually, our spare time is when we did that. Yeah, not our work time. No, spare time. And you look at the imagination that is created. Like, look at the the shows we used to watch, like Jetsons and Star Trek and all these things. Mm -hmm. Many of those things came into play, were actually developed in the now when they thought they were so futuristic. Mm -hmm. So, boredom unlocks the door to imagination, creativity, and innovation. And we're grateful to be partners on this journey of wealth, wisdom, and worth. Yada, we're so different. How do we manage to thrive in our relationship? <laughs> Sometimes we don't. When oh. we do, it's because we meet it fun. We somehow go to a place that's enjoyable. <laughs> right? Yes. And so we're excited that we've created for you free access to over 587 episodes where we share insider tips, how to make house home, how to make great real estate in decisions. And in general, the great news is you can get access to them from home, from the office or on the go. And I mm -hmm. like being on the go. And yet what we're going to think about and, and really explore in this segment is when we're on the go too much in our mind, when it's going too fast and going all over the place, mm -hmm. we can't actually go the places that we need to go. <laughs> oh, the places they'll go. Right. Like think about that great Dr. Seuss book. I love that <laughs> book. It's one of my favorites. I bought it as an adult. I probably have almost as big a library, not quite, of kids' books that I like to read versus adult books because they open up the imagination that give space. That's telling our listeners a lot about you. That's okay. I'm happy <laughs> for you to know that. Because there's a message and it's always playful. And there's room inside. It's not like chocked full of information. Often there's room for the imagination to run. The pictures create the ability. The lack of the number of words often creates the ability and you can truly imagine things. So what we're really exploring is how do we open up space, like kind of have void. We're calling it boredom. But how do we have void in our minds? Because when there's void, new things can show up. Do you remember on Focus in the Family, there was they they, they had that animated story it's it's radio so it's audible odyssey adventures, Od and, adventures odyssey. and odyssey and what did they have the imagination station i thought that was so cool it was incredible and where's your imagination station like would you even have a space we have a space to go to and i actually got into big trouble on Ooh, the weekend did you ever right and i wasn't home to help you he wasn't home and i was almost in tears I was two hours. I know this doesn't sound catastrophic, but it was catastrophic for me. I'd agreed to go visit a client who needed some 
friend support. Ken was at the National Association of Realtors Conference, so I didn't have any obligations to him at home, didn't feel like I was leaving him, so I figured I'd go and spend the day and had committed to it ages ago. And then when it was like 10 o'clock in the morning, I'd said I'd go about noon, be there for noon, I started looking for my phone, for my device, because I'm still on call, I still go to work a little bit, could not find it anywhere. I looked for two hours until I was now an Mm -hmm. hour late, actually an hour and 15 late by the time I finally found it. They can probably guess where it was. You think so? Yeah. It was in a wrong place. It was in a place that phones aren't allowed to go in our house because it's the tranquility room. It's our imagination station. It's our tranquility room, our imagination station, our prayer room where we don't bring the phone because then we can't get busy or sidetracked. And in fact, the mind is often blank, not blank in a bad way, but there's room in <laughs> How about it for an open slate? An open blank slate. <laughs> okay. Blank slate? No, that doesn't sound good either. Anyway, there's room in my mind for things to land. And it, I, was, I actually recommitted mm-hmm. that it will not go in there. It only lives in four different spaces in our home, and that's not one of them. So it only took... Two hours, of, two hours and of fifteen total minutes. Frustration, and I was like to recommit to a commitment we made. I know, I right? Like Sometimes that's nice. the case. And I was praying. I actually, I love you more now. Do you? Yes. Okay, because I'm a mess. So I was praying, and I said, "Okay, Lord." Like an hour and forty five minutes in, I finally thought, "Okay, prayer is a good choice here." Mm-hmm. Said, "Okay, help me," because I don't want to cancel. I was thinking I wasn't going to go see her. I knew it was the wrong choice, but I couldn't leave without it because I knew there was work things to do, and it was on my device. And so I finally started praying. And when I found it in the tranquility room, I'd put it on top of the arm of Ken's chair, which was kind of ironic. And it had slid partway between the seat and the arm of the chair, which is why I couldn't find it, even though I had checked out that room, which means I shouldn't have had to check it out because I should never have been in there. Anyway, so with it, with it, I should be in there, just not with the device. Mm -hmm. So where do you go to create that sense of openness to let things have room to grow? That's really the conversation. Yeah. And also, can you draw it out in others? Mm -hmm. Like, have you ever been in a room with someone else and both of you are bored? Yep. Oh, sorry. Did I say that too fast and too loud? There, ha- there are times where you think there's we have nothing in common. They're not kind of my kind of people. They're lovely people, great mm-hmm. person, and just not my people. So now I'm kind of bored. They're thinking the same thing about you, probably. Yeah. And you're both sitting there. So the best example of using questions to to relieve that or to alleviate that awkwardness sometimes of non conversation. Yeah, sometimes it's just not knowing what to say. Yeah. So we met a new person. His name was Ken. Great name. Great person. Everybody ought to have one, as I say. If they're Ken, they got to be good. Yep. And he was an actor and he's retired now, but was an actor. And so he's super animated. And he would ask us questions about like how we met. Like he's starting to discover who we are and what our history is. And so he would ask questions like where you met. And then we tell a little bit of the story and he'd kind of repeat it back in a very gregarious, funny way. So, so this happened really, and that happened and oh, and, and tell me more about that. And, and then, oh, and what happened next? And so he's super animated, super engaged with us asking fun questions. And it just created 
a almost relaxation, like a, a, a um, it took away all the, the stress of not knowing somebody, right? And made it more comfortable. And because you're an introvert, and I have a lot of introvert tendencies too, even though people don't always Did you believe just that. You you have introvert tendencies. No <laughs> labeling. No labeling allowed in this room. And it can be harder to initiate a question or a conversation with a new person. Mm -hmm. And so you're sitting in boredom for no good reason. And that's maybe not the time to go into your own zone because the person next to you might feel a little awkward. So how do you, in the boredom, draw each other out? Yeah. And I think questions playfully engaging can be yeah. a very um, nice way to do it. And not like an interrogation thing. No, I used no. to be that girl that would interrogate, not meaningfully. And maybe mm -hmm. you like me have been on a journey and now do things much softer <laughs> than you might have. At no, when time. we're not soft is when we're arguing, fighting. Oh, mean, why are we telling that? Because sometimes it happens and I'm just all about telling the truth, the whole truth. And there was a time uh, a while back where we were having a, a disagreement for quite a period of time. And you came up to me at the stairwell and, you know, I'm thinking, oh, she's going to push me down And the I was stairs. thinking I might want to do that, right? <laughs> so, instead. Instead, she goes, well, why are you letting your five-year-old run your life or something like that? And, and I said, oh. Because your four-year-old's coming out to play. And then we started laughing. And that was the end of the, the argument, right? And we didn't we know what it was about, right? At play. At play. And so, imagination, boredom, play, they all kind of fit together in this beautiful, um, harmonious symphony. Harmonious symphony. I was thinking more like a, is it a gyroscope that you turn and the colors change, but they're kind of. Kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope. That's the word. Thank you. You're welcome. You're so good for me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what do you think? The quality of the question mm -hmm. determines the quality of the answer. The playfulness of the question mm -hmm. determines the playfulness of the answer, probably. Yeah. You think so? I think so. Right. All right, so you, your four-year-old, do you want to bring your four-year-old No, home? I just want to say thank you. We love that we get to journey together building generational legacy and wealth. <laughs> oh my. You know, have you ever noticed that? Stop. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to stop once I get started full wholeheartedly. Have you ever noticed that when one person's laughing in a room, sometimes it's contagious to everybody else there, even if nothing's funny? <laughs> it's right? always funny. It's funny. Laughing is funny. And so we're excited that for over 30 years, we've been able to come alongside you, not only selling, buying, and investing in real estate over 3,117 times, but coming alongside you to have some fun, build your faith, build your finances, and even strengthen, heal, and flourish inside relationship. Really, 30 years of building your life, your home, and your business, your your finances. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the whole concept of discovering how humor can increase vitality and that if you don't have space in your life, or we were calling it boredom, if you don't have space, you may not laugh as much. Mm -hmm. Because when we're in the, like, you don't have to schedule trouble, but you, you may <laughs> need to schedule fun. 
yeah. and laughter. Yeah. Do you know what's a little bit hilarious? Is of course I started laughing on cue, right? right. From the beginning of the show. Yeah. And then I could see that you started to laugh. Even though you were supposed to start to laugh, you you wanted to start to laugh. Sooner. And, and you actually made me record that piece twice because, because I started laughing too soon, too soon because and, you were contagious. And what's hilarious is now you're talking, and even as you were doing your your introduction, I wanted to keep laughing. You're not I, like, like I just want to laugh. It felt so good. It does feel good. And when we are in that state of lightheartedness, mm-hmm. laughter, joy, actually we're more creative. We actually have more the more ability for things to flow and mm. for new things to show up rather than same old, same old. You know what? I find I learn better that way too. Have you ever had a mm-hmm. teacher that was like, remember Mr. Pierce? Or, yes. Was it Pearson or Pierce? Pierce. Pierce. A math teacher. And he was hilarious and he'd wear his like tie backwards or he would, he would use his tie to wipe off the chalkboard or he yeah. would throw a chalk brush or chalk at us if yep. we were distracting. Yeah. But he was funny as he taught math. And I learned math better when there was humor. It's like it attached an emotion to the learning. Which is, I think, true for most of us, right? Mm-hmm. We often will talk about how do you learn better and make it enjoyable, make it a little bit fun. One of my favorite authors was yes. a comedian before he was an author and a speaker. And it is so much easier to catch the concepts he's sharing because he does it in a jovial way. Well, and then he voices. uses different voices, right? That's why his is, books are way better in audible well, I don't than like they are reading in them written. very much. I mean, I have read because several the voices of his books. he puts on are right. amazing. Because I have to use my own imagination for the voices <laughs> when I read it versus when I listen to his books, he mm-hmm. brings the voices and then my imagination can take it that much further. I have mm. a picture for what Jones looks like. I have a picture of what David Ponder looks like. I have a picture of what all of the characters in his books Was look Jones like. Was Jones the old guy? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Or Jen. He was also called Jen or Garcia. He has three different names. Oh, yes, depending on what uh, language you speak. Exactly. Yeah. And so, anyway, all that to say, as you're exploring, how do you get access to more? How do you get access to more creativity? That's really what we're talking about here, right? And so, boredom lets us access things. Laughter lets us access things. Playfully asking questions lets us access things. And what's the point? Because all of those things improve vitality. They improve your life, just like LifeX does. If you want our book that's going to be coming out in the future, it's called LifeX. And basically, how to live a life exponential. Right. It's the simple steps to achieve living exponentially. Yeah. So, if you'd like maybe to order that book or to... Be the first to know when it's available because it's at the publishers for final editing right now and design. So you could take together at Decker Team, right? Together at DeckerTeam.com. Send us an email and just say you'd like to be put on the list for notification of when Life X is released. And X stands for exponential. Yeah. So sure. Life Exponential. And laughter gives us access yeah. to 
living life exponentially, mm-hmm. right? It reduces heart rate. It increases creativity. It actually makes you healthier. It actually even burns calories, mm. right? It does. It does burn when calories. When was the last time you had one of those gut-wrenching laughs where you're crying, you can barely catch your breath? It's hilarious. It's been a few weeks. It's been a few weeks? Yeah. And it's so contagious. So I think it's time for another one. It's contagious. I remember watching a video, <clears throat> excuse me, of a, a guy on a train, and he just starts hilariously laughing. And it spreads throughout the whole car of the train. It's like a subway. And people are laughing and laughing and laughing. And when the train stops and somebody new gets to get on, they all they all stop laughing. They all suck it in. And as soon as the person sits down, they all break out laughing again. And sometimes that person thought it was about them, but then they just started laughing too. And it goes from stop to stop to stop. And it's just... So why do people watch videos like that? Well, because it improves your life, right? Like yeah. light, joyful heartedness actually gives mm. you a life worth living. Yeah. There was a study in yeah. uh, 2018 yep. and it showed that 71% of people go to social media to laugh. They want to watch humorous shorts like very short 30 seconds one minute is that why you tell the dad jokes is that for humor yeah is it to make people laugh well it doesn't always work though but that's kind of the point right (laughs) yes it is kind of the point because when it's a dad joke sometimes that makes you laugh because it's so dumb right exactly yes now you know, I love, I get, t- I get caught up in watching videos, I must yeah, say, on do. social media. And I'm watching the ones that are fun. And, you know, have you ever watched a infant? I don't know what age they take it up, whether it's six months, nine months, or whatever. When they find something mm-hmm. funny and they hysterically laugh and then you do the action over again and they laugh and laugh and laugh and you do the action again and they gust, break a gut. Can you? Control yourself from laughing and smiling when you see that happening. No. And did that did that infant learn to laugh or was laughter in them? I think we were created to laugh. I think that was part of our design. Yeah. The intelligent design was that we were to be lighthearted because out of lightheartedness and laughter and jovialness, so much more can flow. Mm-hmm. Like when you're miserable... You are oh, that never happens, cre- is it? Oh, please. <laughs> that's humor. See right there. <laughs> yeah, that's humor. When you're miserable, nothing creative shows up. No. Right? And it's a spiral that goes downward. So laughter can take you on an upward spiral. Is that still Ooh, a spiral, spiral when it's an upward? <laughs> upward flying through. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, George Walensky said, humor is the shortest path from one person to another and we are excited to be your advocates on this journey of building wealth through real estate and a life exponential moving forward with the decker team moving forward together with the decker team